fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Dude, what the fuck? Welcome to another episode of What the Fuck Did You Make Me Watch? The podcast where we find the best and worst of film, television, and new media and try and make each other love or hate it or at least like it enough to rate it by giving it some fucks. And we are your hosts, Michael and Davina, and this week it is all about the 80s. Michael, is there some things that was there anything that you really loved from the eighties? I've got like seven billion, but I'm also older than you. Yeah, I mean, so you probably would have some more niche things. I mean, there's there's all of the really obvious eighties movies that um, I love, the Back to the Futures, which amazingly, my son who's sixteen at the moment, he loves Back to the Future movies, all three of them. He's they're hooked so on them. good though. They are. They're. T- I mean, obviously, you have the time travel thing, so it's kind of timeless because you're. Mm in and out of errors so that's a brilliant part um i mean the original ghostbusters um the breakfast club um and of course i'm actually really particularly taken uh, with the alien franchise so oh, right. that started in the 80s and that's probably got to be my all-time favorite 80s movie almost wow yes. did you ever see ferris bueller's day off i've heard it referenced so many times i've seen it you know, around me so many times. I've never watched it. I almost gave you that, and I'm a little bit gutted that I didn't. I almost um, wish you had. Yeah, Sixteen Candles, all of those sorts of things. Overboard mm. with Kurt Russell, Goldie Horn, mm. so good. Um, but TV space. Yeah. Quantum Leap. Did you ever watch Quantum Leap? See, I'm not really down with much of any of the '80s TV. Really, oh I think. Oh my god, Scott Bakula. He was amazing. He used to, he just would reappear in some new time every episode, you know, and have to help some people through some kind of, you know, to try and get back. Essentially, you know, to hopefully then Quantum Leap back into his own time and life and all of that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah, he had to write some kind of wrong. Um, the young ones. You know, I actually got accused many times in my younger days of looking like somebody from The Young Ones. Maybe Neil, but without the hair. <gasps> actually, you did used to have long hair, didn't you? I did. I used to have long hair. Have a look up there with oh the my... picture with the dog on the wall. You are a spitting image of Neil. Guys, open up. It's the pigs. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my God. Whatever it was, apparently. Uh, there you go. You have just re- reignited that debate. Murphy Brown. No. Happy Days? Oh, yeah, Happy Days, yeah. Original Roseanne, before uh, she went all political. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You see, the, the problem here is, like, nowadays with TV, TVs can be timeless. We can watch TV yeah. from the, the 70s, 80s, 90s with all our streaming services. But back when I was growing up, if I missed it in the 80s, you it's not it. like it really re- re-ran mm. unless it was really classic. So if it wasn't in the 80s, if it was in the 80s and I missed it, it, it was just kind of done for me. See, I, all of these ones are big for me. I love Different Strokes, The Facts of Life. Oh, even The Muppet Show was amazing. Oh, um, the one with um, Michael J. Fox, though, um, Family Ties. Family Ties was so good. Yes, I did love that. See, that rerun, and I got to watch that and I loved him. He was adorable. So good. Anyway, yes. Michael, you're getting too excited about the 80s. Um, you know, I'm actually gutted one thing that we didn't do, and I was really, I, I didn't think about it until after, until you gave me my film, which actually featured one of the actors. The movie Cocktail, Tom Cruise, Kelly Lynch. Oh, my God, I was so in love with that film and Tom Cruise as a youngster. You need to watch Cocktail. It's freaking amazing. Never heard and of it. And where he does the whole kind of um, the cocktail poem thing standing on the bar to the entire nightclub. Oh, my God. No idea. That's all I'm saying. None. 
Now, before we dive in, don't forget to check out the socials. Leave us a review as well. Write something on our face crack page. Write something on iTunes, whatever. Leave us a review. Even if you think we're crap, it's okay. You know, we'd encourage you you more if you. Exactly. At least you listened. Let, tell us what you think because we want to keep uh, improving and uh, doing whatever we can to ensure that you enjoy this podcast. Now, Michael, this week we're looking at a whole bunch of things. There's a bit of Eddie Murphy. There's a bit of Patrick Swayze. There's a bit of Pee Wee. There's a bit of Rowan Atkinson. Yes, there is. Uh, but to kick it off, uh, Davina, I gave you a little bit of the Swayze um, the heartthrob of the 80s. <sighs> yes, uh, with his film uh, Roadhouse. So have a listen. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is... Dalton. I thought you'd be... Bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? Worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. (laughs) But there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? Doc, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. This is my town. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> Get your hands full, kid. I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. Dear baby Jeebus in heaven. That good, was it? I was so excited that you gave me this because as a young, you know, little whippersnapper, I had a thing for Patrick Swayze and I need to say this particular movie, I used to watch when I was 15 and it was R18+, plus, so I knew it was naughty. Oh, girl. And I used to watch this film and I loved it. <laughs> uh, but I haven't watched it in years, so I'm like, okay, if I watch this, it's either going to make me love it or it's going to make me hate it. And you'll find out shortly. Uh, but Patrick dun, dun, Swayze dun. plays a, what is called a cooler, which no one has ever heard of. Hello, scriptwriters Hollywood. It's a specialised bouncer who is apparently able to manage the most difficult of customers in rough bars. So the job description is called a cooler. Yeah. It's like he has to cool customers down. You cool the crowd down. Oh, right. Keep it yeah, cool. Okay. But yeah. it's infinitely more cooler than a bouncer. Right. Yeah. Just an, you know, a paid thug. Right. He's recruited to work at uh, the Double Juice, one of, if not the most rough bar in Missouri. Needless to say, when he starts work there, things don't go to plan. 
Uh, this stars a very uh, mulleted Patrick Swayze. He's got some serious business at the front party at the back hairdo happening. Oh, I love it. Yeah, he's playing a character called Dalton in what I think is one of Patrick's finest roles. Screw daddy dancing bitches. This has got it all. Does he still have a couple of like um, buttons undone down the front of the shirt? If he's wearing one. Oh, good. No shirts. Oh, I'm do here. Know, do you know here for many, it. Do you know how many scenes he was oiled up the wazoo for this? Like, oh, I love it. Seriously, I'm like... You're doing Tai Chi. You're meant to be sweaty doing Tai Chi. No, oil. Unlikely. Baby oil. Baby oil. Rub it on him front and back, roll him in glitter and throw him to the homos. Exactly. Yes. Oh, my God. It also features Kelly Lynch from Charlie's, who was in Charlie's Angels, but also, as I said, played the lead opposite Tom Cruise in Cocktail. Right. Which made me go, oh, my God, why did neither of us choose Cocktail? You, because you don't know about it, and me, because I was a bad co-host. It also features Sam Elliott. Oh, my God, I love Sam Elliott playing the character of Wade Garrett. So I just adore Sam Elliott. I don't know who Sam Elliott is. Oh, he's the man that never ages. That never ages. He wears, usually has a really great cracking moustache, like a really giant, almost grey kind of uh, Merv Hughes, if you're Australian, moustache. Um, I don't know, he's been in so many westerns, he's got this beautiful deep voice. Anyway, you will know him when you see him because he's been in everything, but he, no one just knows who he is. Anyway, it opens with Patrick working in this very successful bar that he's, he's, he's organised, or well, he's cooled to make fabulous when a fight breaks out, resulting in him getting a slash across his arm, Patrick takes him, oh, no. this this dude outside, and I swear I've never seen a bouncer in a pair of high-waisted chinos before, and Patrick is good at rocking a pair of, you know, at a high waist. That's all I'm saying. Well, he was it's, always good at um, repping a high waist. Wasn't he? But because he was in Dirty Dancing, I'm like, that was like, you know, decade appropriate. Anyway. Oh, his waist was so high, it was around his nipples then. Thank you, doll. <laughs> it was. Oh, it's a bit disconcerting. Anyway, he leaves all of these people outside with a bit of a laugh and the bouncers forming a line around him. So before he returns inside to stitch himself up. If that doesn't set the scene, I don't know what does. Tough man doing his own stitches in his own peck. So after the fight, he's approached by the owner of the Double Juice Bar. The Double Juice, not the Double Juice. Exactly. Juice with a D. Um, offering him a really good deal. 5000 up front, 500 bucks a night. Come work for an all medical expenses paid. Come work for me. Um, he accepts. And before you know it, he's cleaning up the joint. But he's not just cleaning up customers. He's also throwing out staff who are dealing drugs, causing fights. And one particular staff member who's skimming the till to the tune of around 150 bucks a night. And this is where the trouble really starts because this particular character is the nephew of the richest man in town, also known as Brad Wesley. And Wesley is very bad news. He runs a so-called protection racket in town where people have to pay him money, um, like 10% of their business plus anything else he wants. Um, he That's also a business model, isn't it? Just and he also used to date Swayze's new love interest, Doc, who is played by uh, Lynch, Kelly Lynch. Wesley's men then come after, as in retaliation, come back into the bar to start trouble a number of times. But of course, Swayze beats him down every time. Beat him down, beat even him when, down, beat even, him up and around. <laughs> even when they've got like a, a a knife sticking out the end of their boot, he's got it, man. He's got him down. Anyway, it takes much more of a sinister twist when uh, Patrick Swayze and I call keep calling him Patrick Swayze because Dalton might be his character, but he's Swayze to me. Doesn't baby. matter who he's playing; he's always Patrick Swayze, right? Exactly. So. He 
he goes to Wizzy's mansion and uh, he's like, well, what would it take to get you to work for me? Because obviously you're a thug. Um, and he's like emphatically refuses and goes, no amount of money, and then storms out. Very dramatic. Oh, Wesley goes nuts. Quality. Exactly. And then essentially any of the townsfolk who've been sort of resisting paying the money, whatever, he starts destroying their places. And one of them is, is the uncle of this lovely girl that he used to date and that Patrick Swayze is now dating. Um, it all goes a bit crazy. He ends up going crazy. Swayze decides that he needs to stop him and, of course, it ends in a giant battle at the end. There's a few highlights. One of them is Patrick Swayze doing Tai Chi on the banks of the river outside his barn home As in white tr- cheesecloth ah! pants with oil all over his ah! body. As I mentioned before. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of men looking on. Emma, well, who, as they would be. Exactly, who lives on Brad across the way, whatever. And I'm like, this is a tad homoerotic, boys. Are they anyway. looking on or are they looking on? They're, they're looking on in a um, heterosexual southern kind of man oh. way, but, you know, but looking on. Uh, Sam Elliott oh. as Wade Garrett. Garrett, I just love Sam Elliott. As I said, he's amazing. The fights, it's a really great one. I call him Kung Fu Martial Arts Man. There's no. a guy that takes it. He's you know one of the hired thugs from Brad Wesley. He goes, takes a pool cue to the dance floor, and then just goes kung fu and starts smacking everyone on the face with a pool cue, Psst. gold, and the obligatory Patrick Swayze dance scene, slow dance to old beautiful song that leads to sex against a wall, as you do, exactly. And the final shootout is on point. It is so good, and it's such a beautiful little device to wrap up the story nice and neatly. The only low light I've got is Kelly Lynch. I love you, sweetheart, and I loved you in Cocktail, but you're a little bit Paris Hilton in this one, baby. You look a little bit like oh. her. You've got the lips and everything, and you're emotionally stunted in this like her as well. No offence, wasn't your finest day. How many fucks? You know what? Um, four. Back down memory lane. I loved that, baby. We it knew is... this was coming before you even started. This is this is like this, this movie, right? It was so Everyone was like, oh, it's really crap when it came out. It has achieved cult status. I've got people all the time on my Facebook feed posting about Roadhouse because it is such a great cult film. You cannot help but fall in love with it. It is, And I think it's a little bit underrated. So I'm, I totally recommend this film. I love it. And there's nothing better than watching old, you know, Patrick Swayze be Mr. Cool by shoving a tape in the tape deck and squealing out of there in his old school Mercedes. Love it. Delicious. Well, uh-huh. I'm glad that I, I selected something for you that you loved. Loved it. Loved it. Now, I gave you, Michael, one of my old... I, I love giving you some of my old favourites. I love Eddie Murphy. And I'm like, I was thinking about whether or not I should give you Golden Child, which is another absolute favourite. But then I went, no, I'm going to give you Coming to America, which is, I think, a highlight of Eddie Murphy's career have a listen to Coming to America. Once upon a time, in a faraway kingdom, lived a handsome prince. He was attended by devoted servants. Do you think perhaps just once I might use the bathroom by myself? Most amusing, sir. Wipers! And engaged by royal decree. Why? Why can't I find my own wife? We've gone to a great deal of trouble to select for you a very fine wife. I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Where will you find such a woman? In America. So he traveled across the sea to the land of opportunity, which is where the fairy tale ends and our story 
begins. Behold, Simi, life, real life, and seeing that we have been denied for far too long. We're in New York now. Let us dress as New Yorkers. I feel like a complete idiot. Have either of you ever had any fast food work experience before? Certainly not. This will be our first job in the United States. I am Akeem. Nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. Oh my goodness, it is you! Greetings, your highness. Who was that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsidio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable of royal romance. When I look at these contestants, for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. Apparently, these are the best women Queens has to offer. Pick one and let's go home. Coming to America. Now, look, it must be said that Eddie Murphy has churned out some absolute shit over the years. Heck yes. He has got some Razzies and they were well fucking earned, might I add. Um, Because he has so often just resorted to some fucking terrible stereotypes and just awful rehashing of the same note over and over and over again. All of those things are almost negated by the wonder that was Coming to America. Yes, so good. One of my favourite movies. When you gave it to me, I was like, yes, bitch, yes. I haven't seen it for years, but I remembered how great it was. And then I sat down and I watched it. I was like, oh, fuck, this is brilliant. If not one of the best Films to come out of the 80s. Um, and at first, you've just got to look racially. Like, I mean, we're in the 80s. There was barely a white person in the entire movie. That's got to be some kind of groundbreaking, groundbreaking thing for back did, then. Did you say groundbreaking? I didn't say groundbreaking. <laughs> I said groundbreaking. There, I just I, I got the breaking part. It is up. a gr- look. It is. You're right. It is actually. It's a big thing it's great yeah. it's kind of like the wakanda of of the 80s yes yeah yeah the um what was the actual name of that movie black panther yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the black panther of the 80s really because it was front and center you have a black man in a movie surrounded by black people i mean that was brilliant to see on that level um the second level is how- freaking funny yes well that's the third level the second oh, level to interrupt my levels girl <laughs> the second level is how Gorgeous he was. <laughs> you forget when you see current Eddie Murphy how fucking stunning he was. Just picturesque. He was gorgeous. And he had, in, in so much of what you see in current Eddie Murphy and in, in Eddie Murphy you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s, um, is so heightened. It's so... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And even some of the characters in this were. But the character he played as um, Akeem was so... Placid, so gentle. It was just this completely different side of him that you probably wouldn't have ever seen since, really. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it before, I should take you back while I continue to rant. Um, It's a a cute little story, basically. Eddie Murphy plays Prince Akeem, uh, who is the prince of a... I'm not sure if it's a made-up African nation or not. um, Yes. Somewhere. Uh, I don't know geography. Didn't go to school for that. Um, (laughs) So I was... And basically, you know, he's approaching his 21st birthday. He's got everything handed to him on a plate. Um, And there are pretty much two key quotes from this movie that everybody will remember. Um, The number one, when we're talking about things that are handed to him on a plate, you hear the quote, the royal penis is clean, sir. Yes, that was 
was so good. Yes. You will always associate it with this movie if you have ever seen it before. Um, he literally has somebody wash his cock for him. That is how privileged he is. Life goals. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, the setup to the fact that he's got all of this and then his parents are about to set him up with a, a you know, a bride-to-be that's, you know, been sorted for him since he was however old. Um, and he's like, oh, I don't want that. Um, and the second quote from this movie that you will always remember, if anybody says to you, I want you to bark like a dog. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> you will know that that is from this movie as well. Um He's introduced to his bride and as an example of just how trained this woman is to do anything and everything uh, he says. He's just floored by the fact that she seems to have no personality except for, I like whatever you like. I like whatever you like. Uh, so he tells her to bark like a dog, bark like a big dog. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then hop on one foot. Uh, and then and the la- she does. Yeah, and the last thing you see of her is her hopping on one foot out the room barking like a dog. Brilliant. Um, so that's the setup for him, you know, wanting to get away from this life of privilege. He asks his father, can I go to America? And his father's like, sure, go and sow the royal oats, spend 40 days in America, and then you'll come back and you'll mar- marry her. So he goes with his um, best friend, uh, Simi, or Semi, uh, however you pronounce that. Uh, Semi it is. And they go, and Semi thinks it's going to be great. And uh, Akeem gets there, and he's like, no, no, we're going to live like poor people so like they go to queens and they rent a terrible apartment um and through a chance circumstance he sees a pretty girl he finds that her dad owns a local um knockoff of a mcdonald's store called mcdowell's yes mcdowell's um Did it have a, like a tartan kind of um yeah branding yeah, yeah. Memory? yeah their, their uniform was like a, a tartan vest and stuff and a little hat and whatnot um and they've got the golden arches and we've got the golden m's or something i don't know what is yeah. different word is for it um they're basically a complete knockoff of maccas and you know they say that we're the same, but we're not. You know, their um, their Big Macs have got um, seeds on the buns, and our Big Mooks or something or whatever they call them have not got seeds on the buns. Tiny differences. Yeah, entirely different. Totally. Uh, so, seeing this pretty girl, he goes to the store, manages to convince the girl's father to give him a job there, and um, they go and. Uh, start working another one of the fucking iconic moments of the 80s is when he hands him a bucket he's like you know how to mop he's like yes of course and he takes his fucking mop that's still in the bucket on the little wheels and just starts (laughs) pushing the mop in the bucket as though that's what he thinks mopping is because obviously he's so privileged he's never even seen anybody mop in his life um, which is amazing so um you have that's set up. They pretend to be poor while they work in the uh, knockoff McDowell's store uh, so that they can, he can try and earn the heart of the beautiful girl who is the daughter of the owner. Um, and she is, of course, already being wooed by a famous hair model with the most ridiculous fucking hair you've ever seen. Oh, uh, yes. What was the hair that was... Um... I don't remember what the, it was. the character's name is Daryl, but it was just like yes. he, you know, everybody else that's black with with uh, and male there has got you know short tight hair, but he's got the long black curls, and every time you see him, he's got so much product sprayed into them, it just looks like it's glistening with fresh rain having fallen on his head. I loved it; it was so good. Oh yeah, um, so that's the continuing arc. There is basically you know that classic. Um, she doesn't know who I really am while I'm trying to make her fall in love with a real me kind of storyline, trying to hide who they really are. And there's um, a few little things that, you know, 
bump along the way um, until, of course, you get to the revelation where they start to, to figure it all out. Um, but it, it's so well done the whole time because Eddie Murphy has such a habit of going over the top and he doesn't. He allows himself that by putting a couple of side characters in where he plays them. It's a barber where it's like, oh, yeah, and what happened to that? And, what, and I said no. And I was like, you know, that whole, you know, yeah black preacher man voice that he does that he loves doing he gives himself that outlet there um but the rest of it he is just this gentle mild-mannered akeem who just wants to uh fall in love with this beautiful girl and have her fall back in love with him um and it's so perfectly done you haven't seen Eddie murphy do a film like it and i mean there haven't been many films like it done before ever you know why people try and do you know fall in love with stories like this but they've never done it as well I, it's, it's such a great film. I, I I agree. I love 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 this movie. Yeah. Um. Yes. So and James L. Jones. Is oh, his of course, James L. Jones is in there. Um, Mufasa. Exactly. Everything the light touches it's, is exactly yours. Yours. Um. And he's saying that to his son again, but just in different words. Um. So we do love him. So thank you, James L. Jones, and thank you, Eddie Murphy, for giving us coming to America. If you've not seen this, your life is actually uh, suffering a deep void. So you must go and see it. You missed five the childhood. Stars. Yeah. Five stars. Uh, yes. Five stars. I think I got it on on the Netflix. It should be there. Go look it up. It's on we go. So good. Yes. Now. Yes, you are listening to What the Fuck Did You Make Me Watch with Michael and Davina. We are halfway through our 80s episode. And uh, Davina, we, we go from 80s movies to 80s TV, which was such a, a delightful playground, if you will, of things we could watch. So, so much that we could choose from. I had, I actually had a lot of trouble. I even consulted um, my partner. I'm like... I could give him this, I could give him this, I could give him this. It's like, facts of life, but what about this? Oh my God, yes, growing pains, what about this? Um, yeah, so it was tough, but it you, was. and I'm glad that you went here because on my original list, I did have a bit of Pee Wee Herman already decided. Oh, And then I forgot to give it to you. I was going to give you one of the movies, but instead you gave me the TV show. I did, I did. Uh, and, uh, you know, Pee Wee Herman is iconic, as so many people will reference him these days. It's from so many years ago, and i still never actually seen it. So you're going to tell me all about it, and we're going to have a listen to some of Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> So I'd seen plenty of 
I'd, I'd seen his movies that he'd done. I hadn't seen Pee Wee's Playhouse. And to be honest, I actually didn't realise he'd done a TV series. So this was – I'm like, all right, I'll have a look. You actually – you know Pee Wee from one of two places. One is his movies and his TV show and the other is his arrest record. So yes. as you know, Pee Wee – or you may or may not know, Pee Wee Herman, also known as Paul Rubens, the actor, was arrested in 1991 for indecent exposure at an adult movie theatre. He I love that so much. I know. I love that. I know. The next bit, though, he was arrested. Arrested again 10 years later for possession of child pornography. That charge... Whoa. Totally. That charge was actually dropped because of a dispute with the evidence. Um, they were talking about, you know, that the, they thought this video had been mishandled in the evidence lock and ended up in his particular case. But what ended up happening was they dropped the child pornography charge and ended up... He played guilty to an obscenity breaking... Oh, sorry, obscenity charge, possessing obscene images of minors instead. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> fucking wow! Exactly. I'll share an, an article um, this week on our Facebook as well that he, you know, an, an interview that he put out where he explains his side of it, saying, "Well, you know, I don't believe that they were obscene. They were art images." Dot dot dot. Anyway, you can judge. <laughs> right. You can judge for yourself. So, in terms of Pee-wee, so I, you come. I start watching Pee-wee's Playhouse with that in the back of my mind, knowing his history. The basic plot, which he'd hate as well. The basic plot line here is, you know, he doesn't have a plot line. It's Playhouse, which means it's kind of like the old play school for kids or whatever, where there's just a bunch of different things happen in this particular show. So knowing knowing his past, I've gone into episode one, not expecting that I'll be bringing that knowledge with me. I watched, you know, sorry, expecting that I will bring that knowledge with me, but I, I thought I could separate myself from it. Yeah, it's hard when you have those things, particularly when it's so it's like posthumous. You've got the great TV show with the fucking terrible, questionable person. How do we separate them? Talk about them? Think about them differently? Well, I thought I could because Peter Herman's a pretty extreme character, so you get pretty swept up in it. And I did watch his stuff as a kid, and I loved it. But the first line in the series is in episode one. Uh, I think it's called "Ice Cream Soup." What shall we do now? I know. Let's look at my toys. I love my toys. And my mind jumps straight back to those charges straight oh, away. God. And then the kids rock up. There's a bunch of kids. And they go, can I see your mouse hole, Pee-wee? <laughs> and then I haven't finished. He says, what are you going to give me? I'll give you some foil. Okay. For those people who aren't Australian, a foil is actually uh, $25 worth of marijuana. So for me, I've just gone, can I see your mouse hole, Pee-wee? He says, what are you going to give me? I'm <laughs> going to give you drugs. So my brain has gone down the rabbit hole or down the mouse hole of Pee-wee. <laughs> I'm having so much trouble with watching oh, this. Oh, God. What did get me back on track is, right, the, is, good. is the emergence of Cowboy Curtis, the character, who was played by Lawrence Fishburne, the Matrix, at 25 years old. Right. So then I, of course, pressed pause and I'm like, I'm sure this is Lawrence Fishburne. I went and had a look. Not just Lawrence Fishburne, but a bunch of people got started on the show. Sandra Bernhard played Ronda, the picture phone operator. Oh, Jim- no. Jimmy Smits played the phone repair guy, Conky. And the theme song, it says it's sung by Ellen or it's accredited to Ellen Shaw, also known to you and me as Cindy Lauper. No. Totally. Yes. And not only that, one of those three kids that rocked up in that first episode offering a foil to see the mouse hole of Pee Wee was Natasha Lyonne. Who's that? Oh, my God. I don't know. Stop it, you bad gay. No, you stop um, it. 
Natasha Lyonne was in is been in a bunch of um, stuff. Oh, she's she's in Orange Is the New Black right now. She's also in um, but I'm a cheerleader. Which one in Orange Is the New Black doll? Um, uh, curly hair. I can't remember the name of her character. Really tight curly hair. Ugh. Um, druggy crazy girl. You just described sixteen people. I kind of did. Um, uh, come on. Oh no. Uh, you don't make me look it up. I'll look I don't it up know. while you talk. Look it up Natasha while I talk. Leone. Natasha Leone, L-Y-O-N-N-E. In, in, so she, she was in there as well. There's a whole bunch of people. So in this, essentially, Pee-wee interacts with a range of characters in um, kind of mini skits. And then he separates those mini skits with things like dance-offs and cartoons. There's uh, a bunch of puppetry. There's human characters. There's kids. There's robots. There's animation. And at one point, he was like, I made an animal out of a potato and a bunch of pencils. Uh, I use my imagination. And I'm just like, dude. Sounds like he's completely off his tree. By the way, you say Natasha Leone, you mean the girl from American Pie. Oh, yeah, American Pie Lady. Well, that's all you need to say. Oh, my God. I love her. Yeah, see, that's, that photo was her in... Uh, oh, I yeah. her. I know, she's that amazing. not tight black curls, might I just say. Oh, it gets there. No. I didn't say black curls. You did. Well, you tight, tight curls. Curl. It's not tight curls. She has long flowing locks. That's still not tight curls. Okay. okay. Her hair has never had tight curls. It has. In lots of stuff I've seen her in. We digress. Yes, we are digressing. We're going to have an argument right here. So... Um, as I said, there's puppetry, there's robots, there's potatoes and pencils. It was definitely fucking weird. But it's also a really big feat for the 80s. Like, it was actually, they clearly put a, a wad of cash into it. Because he was at the, his prime at that particular point. He yeah. hadn't been arrested yet. He was still, you know, loved by people. And people were also questioning whether or not Pee Wee Herman was a real person or was he an actor. And Paul Rubens really pushed that. He wanted people to be um, not able to distinguish that. So, he really goes to town with this character. One thing that is cool is that um, the kids, they have kids tell their stories about themselves and instead of having video of the kids telling their stories, they created clay animation, which was very creative. So the kids were talking about, I really love going, you know, roller skating and they'll have like these little clay animation characters putting roller skates on and then skating around these parks and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, So it was awesome. You know, um, this particular... Shows what well. the show is kind of each like every five minutes it would change color. It's weird. It would start off in a different. It would start off with five minutes of green wash and then blue wash and then purple wash and then pink, and every character would change color in that with it. It was really weird. It was bizarre. Okay. Um, I don't know quite why they did that. Pee Wee Herman either he either makes you laugh or he gives you the creeps. And I, as I said, I almost gave you one of his movies this week for this reason. I've still got a, a real childish fascination, but. With, with Pee-wee, but having a look now through adult eyes, I'm like it's really tough to watch. Yeah, and I'm kind of stuck. Were you trying? To, were you trying to do a Simpsons where there's like two different layers of of humor, one mm. for adults and one for children? Because I'm not quite sure you got there. Um, Simpsons did it mast- masterfully, um, but it gets really weird where it's straddling that line between sexual innuendo and innocence. And just when I'm starting to see it as a child show, there's something that brings it all back into this weird mode. You know, one of the female characters spots a new lifeguard flexing his muscles. So she rips her skirt off and follows him to the pool because she wants to go in up to her neck. Like, right. You know, whether you loved Pee Wee as a kid or not, I actually think you should go have a look at this as an adult because it is a train wreck of ridiculousness. It actually sounds awful. It sounds terrible. Like, yeah. On it, so many levels. It, it is, but then it's... There's moments that you go, I can see why you went that way. That's really cool. There's moments of creativity that, oh, that's actually really cool. 
And then you go, yeah, that's actually really not. So I, I don't even know how to give it any fucks without condoning some of these jokes. Um, I, I might give it a one for nostalgia's sake. Okay. Let's go with one for nostalgia. For nostalgia. Ones, ones across the board. Exactly. Now, I gave you something for nostalgia's sake because I used to love this growing up, which I, of course, give you lots of things like this. Black Adder was a great... We do a lot of American-Australian kind of stuff, but we don't do a huge amount of British stuff. And Black Adder was one of my favourite TV series. And there were so many different series where they took them in different places as well. So, um, you know, in the war in France, in, in whatever... Have a listen to a little bit of Black Adder and we'll come back and talk about it. Ha-ha! <laughs> At last I can relax. Who the hell is this? <laughs> ah, well, you remember that dying man we saw in the cottage? The one I specifically told you not to bring back to the castle under any circumstances? Mm, yes, that's the one, yes. So what is he doing in my bed? Well, he claims to be a wealthy man. I thought if we nurse him back to health, he may reward us. Now, wait. I think I have an idea. If he is a wealthy man and we nurse him back to health, he may reward us. Oh, brilliant, my lord. Very quick thinking. Thank, Thank you, Baldrick. Well, what would you expect? After all, who has the fastest brain in the land? Prince Edmund, Duke of Edinburgh. Who is the boldest horseman in the land? Prince Edmund, Duke, Duke of, of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Who is the bravest swordsman in the land? Oh, don't tell me that's that ill from Norfolk. Prince Edmund, Edmund Duke, Duke of Edinburgh. Precisely. Or, as I shall be known from now on, the Black Vegetable. <laughs> Lord, wouldn't something like the Black Adder sound better? No. Wait. I think I have a better idea. What about the Black Adder? All right. So the the Black Adder and the whole Monty Python thing and everything is top of the list of, of shit that people have been talking to me about them and how wonderful they are my whole life have you watched it though before no never watched oh, blackadder before baldrick so good oh and i've watched bits of monty Python stuff and whatnot and like you know i, I remember specific things like every sperm is sacred every yes. sperm is good yeah. he's not um, the messiah he's a very naughty boy yes all of that and so i kind of you know i had some context i suppose for stepping into blackadder a little bit um, now, if you're unfamiliar, Blackadder obviously famous, famously features um, Rowan Atkinson, uh, pre-Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Robinson as Baldrick. I don't know who Tony Robinson oh, is. I love him. He did, uh, was it Time Team or whatever it was? Is oh, he the short God. one with the raspy voice? Yeah, the Baldrick that's not very bright. Yeah, yeah. So I, I recognise him from a million things. I think he did a couple of kids' TV shows and stuff here and there as well. He's been in 70 billion things. Yeah. Um, and look... 
I kind of get what they were going for. Um, so it's basically they're kind of satirizing, um, you know, the, the medieval times with the kings and queens and the dukes and duchesses and all of those things. Um, and they're trying to make it a little bit of a funny. Um, and this first episode that I've seen from the first season, um, we see Rowan Atkinson, who plays um, Edmund, the, the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, he goes out to a, a battle that's taking place. Um, and, you know, decides that he should join in and, you know, go out and make sure he's a part of things. And um, he's obviously quite a mother's, mother's boy and, you know, sh- you know, barely off the tit. And um, goes out there and, you know, the battle's all kind of done and he's like, oh, ho, oh, oh. um, and, and And for Ron Atkinson in this, you get a lot of that really heightened, eccentric facial expressions all the time. Um, and so he goes out and, and to the battle and it's kind of done and he goes off to... Um, to take a, a piss and has his horse um, tied up and the battle's done and, and the king has, has lost his horse. Somebody says, well, like, no, no, I'll go and find a horse. So he, he trots off to, and he sees Rowan Atkinson's horse, or sorry, um, Edmund's horse, uh, goes to untie it and Edmund kind of clumsily is like, what are you doing with my horse there? And gets his sword out and, and accidentally cuts off the king's head, um, which which lays the ground for that entire episode's kind of hilarity is that he's accidentally killed the king uh, but he doesn't want anybody to know about it and people don't quite know about it and he's trying to hide the fact that he did it but also keeps slipping out the fact that he knows about it when nobody else knows about it mm-hmm. and it it i don't know maybe it's just me maybe it's the comedy of the time but a lot of it comes out quite fucking childish comedy and i don't ah uh, get a pick a fight mate get a pick a fight look there's sometimes where it's it's intelligent, and I think they should have tried to be more intelligent. And so I think the intelligent jokes get lost. It definitely grows throughout its seasons as yeah. well. Like and there we was a number in the first episode. Yeah, exactly. So which which it is really tough to judge the entire series, considering this. There's the number of series that Blackadder actually put out. Um, it definitely grew into itself, and they got a lot more comfortable and a lot more sophisticated, and a lot funnier as well. I adored. This this series is one of the one of the greats, I think, in British comedy. Look, there are some really good moments in it, and I I, I do love you know the, the the comedy element with the king, and he's not dead, and he is dead, um, and there's there's quite a very humorous relationship between Edmund and his mother. She does it very very well, where she's just kind of this you know airy fairy woman, and he's very you know mummy's boy, um, and I, I I love Rowan Atkinson, and I think he's brilliant. Um, I I think it over relied on this facial acrobatics that he does with this mm. the raised eyebrows and the trembling lips and the you know suddenly his whole face contorts in a moment and i and i just felt like that was too much um and i felt like some of the other bits as well you know they've got these really good jokes um and it, it it's such a, a pantomime with with the way that they deliver them and respond um, and the way that you hear the audience from the very way, place that the show begins, it's kind of like they're in on a joke that you're not in on yet. Um, and it was very hard from a non-black adder background to get in and digest that as readily as people who love it and know it do. Um, and I think, like, a, a, as you say, a couple more episodes I'm going to get in and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really, really hooked. And it's just that that chemistry of the first episode where they're trying to get there. And I see what they're trying to do and I see that it's funny and I'm not saying that I hate it. I just find it's that too much of the heightened facial expressions, too much of the kind of already landed jokes before they've landed. And it just has that 
little bit of that childish element that comes across after you lose the fact that it was actually an intelligent joke. Right, so maybe not great in the face of. I, I just, I know that maybe you won't rate it as highly as I would. So, what? How many fucks would you give it, Michael? Look, for what I know of how brilliant it is, and from what I saw, I think it's definitely like a, a three and a half fuck worthy. Like, I okay. wouldn't not go back. Well, so. Mike, you're gonna, are you going to watch another episode? Would you watch another episode? Oh, yeah, episode? absolutely. I'm going to watch a, a few more and really try and get into it. Excellent. I'm going to give you a second score for that. I'm going to get five stars down the track because I freaking love Black Adder. It's you amazing. You don't get to give it stars. That's mine. Okay. I didn't give it fucks, so I gave it stars. Oh, you don't get to give it fucks or stars. That's my job. <laughs> my job for this one. You have to sit down and take what you're given. Thank you. Oh, correct. Um... Okay. Well, look, that's that's our, our 80s episode. It is our 80s episode. Our 21st episode. Now, our 21st episode. Now, next episode, Michael, I'm suggesting that maybe, in fact, we head into the world of... And I, you know what? We may, we've got a few coming up. We've got love triangles coming up. We've had a specific request to have a look at a certain movie. Uh, we've also got Winona Ryder. Oh, the gift that keeps on giving or so taking. So you can Winona. choose. You can choose what we get. Where do we go next? Do you reckon Winona Ryder or Love Triangles? Because uh, I'll leave it up to you, and then there'll be the next two episodes. It'll be one of those, I reckon. All right, we'll work it out. All right. See you next week. See you then. WTF? Did you make me watch? Don't forget to jump onto our socials. Um, Facebook is a WTF? Did you make me watch? With a few question marks after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter is at WTF? You make me watch. It is. And uh, anything else I've forgotten, Michael? You Podcast the platforms. Yeah. You know. Say hi. Leave a review. Yeah, that's right. Do it. Awesome. See you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Do what the fuck.